highlights from this year's RSA conference. Embrace chaos, counterintuitive thinking, and the power of community. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hi, I'm Anna Delaney. This week was the time for the annual RSA conference, typically held in San Francisco. But for this, the 30th anniversary of the conference, due to the ongoing pandemic, the conference was virtual. RSA CEO Rohit Gai, in his opening speech, praised the medical as well as cybersecurity communities. Welcome. I hope you and your families are safe and healthy. It's been 15 months since we met, right before the pandemic stopped the world in its tracks. And in that time, Countless doctors, nurses, and other first responders have been brave enough to be the light for all of us. They've worked tirelessly to save lives, and we owe them our gratitude. I also want to express my deepest thanks to each of you, our digital first responders. When everything was upended, you made sure that kids could still log into their classrooms, researchers could collaborate on vaccines, and governments could serve their citizens. I'm now joined by ISMG Executive Editor Matthew Schwartz. Matt, the theme of this year's RSA, appropriately enough, was resilience. Yes, I know. With the pandemic having occupied, as Robert Guy said, the last 15 months and continuing, this certainly seems like the best topic I think they could have come up with. And so Rohit hit on a few things in his keynote, which I thought were especially interesting. One was the need to embrace chaos. So he asked, how do we become more resilient? And for this, he used the example of Netflix, which a few years ago came up with this concept called chaos monkey. And so they said, let's envision these hypothetical monkeys breaking into the data center and wrecking havoc. So they'd take part of their infrastructure offline to see what would happen and then learn from that. So they were introducing chaos into their infrastructure and ecosystem and seeing what they could do so that when the unexpected happened, they were more resilient. That was one of the examples. Rohit also touched on the need for pursuing counterintuitive thinking. And he referenced a wonderful example from World War II involving statistician Abraham Ward. So the Allies were trying to make their planes more survivable, and the military had been adding armor to wherever it was seeing the greatest number of bullet holes when an airplane would come back. So they looked at them all in aggregate. And they brought in a statistician because the survivability still wasn't where they wanted it to be. They thought they could do better. And he said, you're doing it backwards. You should be looking at where the planes that return haven't been hit because wherever they haven't been hit is probably fatal. That's why you're not seeing any bullet hole. So they armored the places where the planes that returned hadn't been getting hit and aircraft survivability went up. Fascinating, really applicable example. And the final thing that Rohit celebrated, if you will, was the power of community. It is obvious that as we've all come together virtually, as we've had to, community has served such a huge function. So how has the cybersecurity community done on the resilience front before? That's a great question. And that was also the focus of some of the morning keynote activity. There was a particular session called Telling Hard Truths by Angela Weinman, who heads global governance, risk, and compliance at VMware, and also Jimmy Sanders, who's the head of information security for Netflix, DVD. They had a really great rapport, and they were exploring how has the cybersecurity community done. And unfortunately, they didn't give it a very good grade. I forget which of them failed it outright. But one of the big challenges, as they noted, was that 
no one had really thought about things from a sufficiently high vantage point for this pandemic scale disaster kicked off. Here they are. Our desire as security professionals to be accurate can cause us to be too conservative when predicting risks and impacts and necessary treatment. Maybe we should be zooming out, trying a wide angle lens instead, thinking in terms of a spectrum of impact rather than a narrowly defined scenario. As an example with the pandemic, it wasn't enough to plan for critical staff working from an alternate location or from home for a period of time. That's the crazy thing. Many of us focus our plans for who is critical. And as it turned out last year, that meant everybody in your organization. Looking back, virtually no one anticipated things correctly. Turns out the business need was for almost everyone to be remote for a year or two, not a few folks for a month or two. So Matt, what more should the community be doing? That is the big open question. And it was kind of the talking point that Rohit launched with his keynote speech. And also Weinman and Sanders as well were focusing on this question, asking big thoughts. So saying, you know, maybe we really should have taken a much closer look at the flu epidemic of 1918. It's a great question, right? They noted that a lot of organizations had come out of this pretty well because they were already doing transformation activities. I certainly have. We, you and I, and a lot of other people on the ISMG team have interviewed a lot of people leading into the RSA. And especially in the financial services sector, they were, I think, relatively well prepared because they had already been conceptualizing which parts of their cloud infrastructure, or sorry, their infrastructure could live in the cloud. And it wasn't too big a step to make more of their process remote. So obviously that's great foundation. We've seen a lot of organizations double down on that type of approach. As we go forward, of course, we need to keep remembering everything can fail in really unexpected ways, as in sometimes at a society. So Weinman and Sanders, one other recommendation they made was having this risk discussion, but ensuring that it is a broader discussion, not cybersecurity shouting from the corner, you know, someone please listen to me, but, you know, getting legal involved, getting marketing involved, the CEOs, the board, anybody who needs to have a voice and a perspective on helping the organization properly set risk. So listen to the risks that the organization is facing and help set the organization's approach so that collectively, hopefully, we can all come out of the next big disruption much better. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. RSA's former CEO, Art Coviello, says it's the roaring 20s for technology, but a calamitous decade for security. So how are we going to turn that around? He met with our senior VP of editorial, Tom Field, to discuss why the traditional way of looking at security ain't going to fix it. If you go back, you know, 20 years, we were reactive. You know, you found a hole, you plugged it. Sometime around eight or nine, myself and, and colleagues in the industry started to call for intelligence-driven security, where we focused more on risk from the inside and the outside. And we needed tools that were not static, that were dynamic, that could react to facts and circumstances, and, and that we could leverage, that they weren't siloed individual controls, that the controls added value to one another. And that model stood for for the last 10 years or so. But recently, um, it's become clear with the speed and pace of technology innovation and digital transformation that this risk-based approach doesn't keep up with the risk itself. Risk is dynamic. So we're in a period of dynamic risk. And sure, you have to keep 
periodically updating your risk profile, but you have to have capabilities that can understand and react to the risks more timely, which means the controls have to have much heavier doses of machine learning and artificial intelligence. And your control system actually has to elevate itself above the battlefield and not just treat a symptom like a piece of malware, but see the entire malicious operation develop. And I call it malops-centric security. And that's, that's the model I think that is going to need to transform security during this, this period of the 20s. And finally, be sure to watch a stellar interview on our sites featuring Trolls Erting, a veteran CISO who was most recently the head of the Center for Cybersecurity at the World Economic Forum. He spoke with ISMG's Tom Field about today's threats, emerging tech, and the challenges for the next generation of security leaders. Here's a clip from their discussion. Trolls, it occurs to me that in the U.S., the ransomware task force came back recently and declared that ransomware is no longer just a business issue, that it's now a national security issue. This changes the game significantly for CSOs looking to defend their organizations. And it strikes me that ransomware is but one manifestation. Cybersecurity is a national security issue for everybody. As somebody who has spent his career in cybersecurity, what is your advice to the next generation of CISOs that are going to take on the responsibility of defending governments and enterprises and healthcare institutions from the adversaries? It's again very clever of you to quote from uh, the ransomware task force advices. And I also think that you will see that we will start to have a different discussion in what we call private-public partnership. Private-public partnership has been, you know, we will exchange some of the information, we'll help each other if we can. But if the U.S. now says that ransomware is an act of terrorism, let's say that they are they are really elevating the threat, then you also get some tools to actually implement. Maybe we should go to also to attack these criminals where, where we see them. Of course, there needs to be a set of norms internationally. If we do that, they often operate from other countries and, and we need to pay if there's any collateral damage, whatever. But I think what you will see is that you will see much, much more closer and much more demanding and dependent cooperation between private and public. I understand that the that the, the US uh, government will not pay for uh, help uh, JP Morgan. They have loads of money and suitcases of money and profit, so they can do that themselves. But, but that only counts if it's, it's normal criminals. What if it's a nation state who is doing it? I think that we will see this now and the next generation of CISOs needs to step up, needs to be much more inclusive, needs to reach much more out and ask, what can I do for us instead of what can you do for me, right? And I think that we can do much more among the good guys, so to, to say. And then I hope, of course, that it will also be backed by the public sector and the governments, and I'm sure it will. That's it from the ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time. Thank you.